we're going to read the Christmas story. I was just curious, as we were singing, I was wondering how many of you, maybe by show of hands, would cry if you had to stand on the stage and sing this morning. I think I, think I would cry. <laughs> so that's pretty brave. I'm so proud of you guys. All right, give me a second. So this is my favorite kid's Bible. I think we've got like a picture of it, the Jesus Storybook Bible written by Sally Lloyd-Jones. If you are looking for a kid's Bible or have a child in your life who you want to bless, this is so funny, and she just does such a good job of making the truths real. So I, I love reading this every Christmas. I read it like in every... In every leadership capacity I have, I try to like exercise my influence to be able to read this because I just want to read this so many times. It's so fun. So we're going to read it here this morning. So make sure you guys... Oh, Milo, you can sit right here, dude. All right. Sorry. I've also, I'm parenting also right now. So, um, okay. You guys can see we'll read this together and then afterwards we'll go sit back down in our seats. Okay. So this is the story about Jesus being born. It says this. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people, just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains surely would have bowed down. Seas would have roared. The trees would have clapped their hands. But the earth held its breath. And as silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking in the darkness... He came. Now there was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. And one morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the angel shining uh, beside her, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be frightened, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you are going to have a baby, a little boy, and you will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He is the rescuer the God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around, the God who made the universe with just a word, the one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it is too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating so hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see. And she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town where King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full. Every bread was taken. Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any room for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old tumble-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. 
And there in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as a cradle. Then they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us, because, of course, he had. All right, now you guys can go back to your seats. And I do not know where your parents are, so you're just going to have to figure this one out on your own. think that many of us have found our seats and our parents, so just keep settling in. You're doing great. Uh, I have a couple of thoughts that I wanted to share for us all this morning um, before we depart. I'm going to try to keep it brief um, to be merciful on the parents um, and <laughs> the rest of us getting a little stir-crazy. Um, but I, I love the Jesus Storybook Bible. As I said, um, Sally Lloyd-Jones does an incredible job of um, shaking up the familiar, um, when I read the Christmas story from that book, it kind of, um, it, yeah, it just knocks off that um, sense of familiarity that can bring, like, dullness, like we can read that, like, God came to save us and be like, oh, yeah, huh, that's interesting, you know? And Christmas could kind of be like that. And so the Jesus Storybook Bible does that for me. Um, but we, it, maybe if you've been with us, you're aware that um, the four Sundays leading up to Christmas are what the church calendar calls the season of Advent. It means waiting, um, and each week of Advent is given a theme. So we've already looked at hope, joy, and love. Sorry, peace, hope, joy, and peace. Oop, spoiler. Hope, joy, and peace uh, the past three weeks. And if you weren't with us, I'd really encourage you to go back and listen to those teachings that we've done on those. Justin did a fantastic job of talking about how um, even when we're experiencing mental illnesses such as anxiety, depression, and even trauma, we can experience the hope, joy, and peace that Christ and Christmas provides for us. Um, so this morning we're going to look at love. Um, and my prayer for us this Christmas is this, that we would all be jolted from the familiarity of the Christmas story to be able to experience, perhaps for the first time, God's love. And I'm going to repeat that again because my, my hope is that this prayer would come true, but maybe by reading it twice, we can help us out. My prayer is that Christmas, this Christmas, we'd all be jolted from the familiarity of the Christmas story to be able to experience, perhaps for the first time, God's love. Justin recently has been using this illustration a lot of objective versus subjective truth. And so objective truth are things that you can know with your brain, with your mind. You can mentally ascend to them. But subjective truth is, is felt. It's experienced. It's something that goes from your head to your heart, if you will. 
Um, for instance, you might have a concept of how powerful a hurricane is, but your concept of the power of a hurricane would be much different if you experienced a hurricane. You're going from what you might know in your head to what you experience with your body. And one of my favorite uh, Christian songwriters, John Mark McMillan, in an albeit overplayed but still fantastic song about grief and love called How He Loves, he likens God's love to a hurricane. That God's love is like a hurricane that should have a powerful effect on us. Um, That we're like a tree under the mercy and love of God, um, like a hurricane. So that's the difference between God's objective truth and subjective truth. So this morning, I'd like to take a look at several writings from one of Jesus's closest friends, John. John wrote what we call the gospel according to John, or John's gospel, or just John. Um, But John had this understanding of God's experienced love, his felt love. Uh, John actually was so close to Jesus that throughout his telling of Jesus's life, he just calls himself the one who Jesus loved. And so that is a pretty confident man to be able to say, I mean, I think John would have something to to share with us about experiencing God's love. And so we're going to take a look at his, um, some of his writings. Um, After 20 uh, beautiful chapters in his account of Jesus' life, he writes this in John chapter 20, verses 31 through 31, sorry, 30 through 31. Now, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so John, who experienced Jesus' love so profoundly that he just called himself the one that Jesus loved, wrote a book so that we would be able to believe in Jesus and experience life. In other words, John's extremely concerned that we would have an experiential knowledge of God that leads to life. Notice that he implies that until you have really grasped Jesus, who he is, that you haven't even lived. Um, This is more than just head knowledge. So God's love isn't primarily a doctrine or a philosophy. I heard one funny person say one time that if God wanted us to just have more ideas about God, Mary would have wrote a book, but instead she gave birth to a baby. Um, An idea can't love you, but a person can. And God, the person, Jesus, comes to us. Jesus is God's love to us to help us experience God's love. And at Christmas, we celebrate the God who loved us so beyond our comprehension that he became one of us. He experienced all the cruelty of man and sin, and then he conquered the sin, death, and evil that keep us from God so that by belief in his name, we can live the life that we are designed for. It's God's love that compelled him to create the world where we could experience relationship with him. It's God's love that came and rescued us when we let all of our sin and muck keep us from loving God. And it's ultimately uh, that same love that will cause Jesus to come back and in the words that we like to say around here a lot, save us from the presence of sin, death, and evil entirely one day. That's what we are celebrating at Christmas. So I want to come back to Jesus' friend John for a moment. Um, We just read a snippet from the end of his gospel, but at the beginning of his book, he says this. In chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, he says, The true light, this is how he starts his gospel. Um, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people didn't receive him. Now, the rest of John, uh, the book of John is amazing. I would encourage you, if you're looking for some Christmas reading, maybe by yourself or with your family, John's gospel would be an incredible way to draw near to God this Christmas. But I want to draw our attention to something. Um, I want to, or I guess, ask a question. How could the light of the world, the God who is love, come into the world and remain undetected? 
So John knew God's love. He was the one who Jesus loved. And he writes this book so that by believing in Jesus, we have life in his name. And yet at the beginning of his book, he opens up this idea that the light of the world came into our midst. That's Jesus. He came and people didn't recognize him. So I, my hunch is that people didn't recognize him because they were looking at other things. Perhaps they were looking for other things. They may have been attentive, but they were attentive to the wrong things. Um, as, as humans, we can't not give our attention to something. I just dare you, maybe later this afternoon, to try to go out and not give your attention to something and just see how well that goes. You, you, we just can't not think about something or someone, um, but we have immense control over what we put our attention on. Um, and if we don't want to miss Jesus this Christmas, then we need to have practices of attention to put our attention on God because otherwise we'll be like the people who John wrote his book to that had Jesus in their midst but missed him entirely. They didn't recognize him because they didn't have attention for him. And so um, uh, John, uh, he went on to write a couple other letters that we have collected in our Bibles called 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And in 1st John 4, he writes this. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Now, love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we must also love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. John rightly understands that if we grasp God's love, it will change us profoundly. And consequently, if you don't love, then you can't know God because God is love. And Jesus is, another thing that we could call Jesus is, Jesus is God's love for us. God so loved us that he gave us Jesus. Jesus was God's best gift that he could give us as an expression of his love. And while we don't have the luxury this Christmas of having Jesus in the flesh to adore and worship in person, though I'm not sure that we would be able to entirely see him, even if he was in our midst. We might be just like those who missed him. Um, that doesn't mean that we aren't left with some options to encounter God and his love this Christmas. I'd just like to give three quick ways that we can encounter God's love this Christmas. Um, firstly, we can set our minds and our attention on God this Christmas through reading the Bible. We've already read a couple of scriptures, uh, mostly from um, Jesus's good friend John, but there are four accounts of Jesus's life that we call the Gospels. There's Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John choose any of them. We can set our attention on Jesus this Christmas and not miss him by reading scripture. Um, scripture describes itself this way. It says that it's living and active. Um, and when we encounter scripture, when we read about God in scripture, we're actually able to encounter God himself through his word that he's left us with. Um, secondly, we can pray. Uh, prayer can be a lot of things, but prayer is nothing less than giving God your attention. You can't pray without being attentive to God. And so when we dialogue with God in prayer, when we talk with him, when we tell him uh, that we need strength to bear through the Christmas season or whatever, we're, whatever we need to do to pray to him, we're giving him our attention. Prayer, just like scripture, is a way that we can not miss Jesus this Christmas season. And I know if you're anything like me, sometimes when we come to prayer, when we come to scripture, it can feel like an empty practice. Like our minds certainly aren't in it. Our hearts certainly aren't in it. Um, but what, what is promised to us is that when we come with how we actually are, if we come with, I don't want to be here, 
If we come with, man, my mind is so scattered right now. We meet God in reality, then God meets us back. We find that when we go to God where we really are, as we are, not as we ought to be, um, that God's waiting for us because God is a pursuer God and God loved us and wants a relationship with us. So every time that we go to him in scripture and in prayer, God is waiting to meet us there. That's an amazing promise that even if you're not feeling like it this Christmas, you can still meet with him in prayer and in scripture. And lastly, uh, well, there are countless other ways that we could encounter God in um, this Christmas. But the last one that I want to draw our attention to is we can worship. And so um, worshiping is one of those unique ways that we can align what we know in our heart and practice it with our bodies. By proclaiming what we believe in song and in worship, um, we are actually putting into practice those things that we carry around in our heads as head knowledge. Um, and so we've got one more song that we're going to sing together right now, Joy to the World. Um, and just like my hope for you all this Christmas, um, that the familiarity of Christmas would be cast aside so that you can encounter God in it, This wor- the words of the song might be familiar to you. But try, best as you might, to encounter God through them. These lyrics are powerful. And so I'd invite John, Mark, and Les to come up. Um, and they're going to lead us in this last song.